Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I walk a straight line Shackle and chain Oh, gruesome dirty Is calling my name There is no mercy In this penitentiary Just ask the hill string gang Wrangle the three And welcome to Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And we're going to talk to y'all a little bit about some amazing programs that take place in Angola today. It's going to be a little different episode. No, uh, no murder stuff going on today. Right. Well, it's got a lot of death in it. But, it sure but, does. But not necessarily <laughs> murder. I, I, some of them, I'm sure, were murders, but yeah, that, that occurred inside the wire. That's but, a great point. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, none of us are getting out of this life alive. That's right. right. And, and yeah. you know, always talk about um, almost – 6,000 inmates and how 80% of them are going to die inside the wire. Well, think about that, y'all. The If you get sentenced to life angle, let's say you're 20 years old, and you know, you're know you going to have family members and that care and love you, care about you and love you and all that stuff. But over the years, what happens? You know, your mom and your daddy are going to die. Your grandparents are going to die. You're, you know, siblings gonna have life of their own and and life goes on and and we've heard so many times that the inmates say everybody forgets about them and if you live another 50 years in angola then really you don't have anybody to care about you on the outside anymore but the people that you're locked up with basically become your family and your best friends 
That's right. And, uh, you know, a lot of these people are uh, probably the vast majority are locked up for things that are just horrific. And right. you don't end up in Angola for life if if you were an altar boy. Right. So, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, family maybe turned their backs on them and, and uh, you know, it was the the black sheep of that family or whatever. And they don't have any anybody to pay those respects at the end of their life. And so they get buried at Angola in the prison. Right. Um, And so we're going to go into a little bit of that information. And Point Lookout Cemetery is the prison cemetery in Angola. It's located on the north side of Angola. Uh, It's kind of at the base of the Tunica Hills. And this is obviously a situation where what we just told you about family members are also deceased or there's just no family members want anything to do right or maybe they don't have the financial means to come and claim the body when the inmate dies you know and um and so they're forgotten about but you know louisiana has the highest incarceration rate of any u.s state and of course are that that there are extreme sentences extremely harsh and but at angola uh, 73% of the 6,250 inmates are serving sentences of life without parole. So the average sentence for the remaining 27% that aren't serving life without is still 90.9 years. And prisoners, it's pretty much alive. Right. So prisoners aren't even sent to Angola unless their sentence is over 50 years. And y'all, I believe that's more like more likely 80 years like i said in the past so y'all basically the result of this is you know with census of this length most inmates lose touch with the family members and there's no one to collect the remains when they die this prison has been around a long time it's you know go back and listen to the walls and and uh how angola got started but angola has been around forever and 140 Forty some years, hundred forty two years in the making. If you want to get specific, and during that time, uh, they did have another uh, cemetery. And Woody's going to kind of give you a little heads up on what happened with that. Well, the the first Angola cemetery got destroyed by flood in nineteen twenty seven. Now, y'all remember Angola's surrounded by the Mississippi River on three sides, and every few years it, it it grows outside his bank and floods everything. And, but in 1927, when the flood happened and the water receded, the, the remains and caskets were found along the levee. Oof. And it was impossible to identify anyone. Um, and the bodies were reburied in a mass grave in a new cemetery called Point Lookout. It was about two acres, and but it was full by the mid 1990s. It contained 331 marked graves and an unknown number of people in the mass grave. An annex, Point Lookout 2, is now in use, and it has a capacity of 700 plots. Approximately 100 of those graves now have been filled, and with the aging inmate population, it will likely max out near near future. future. In the past, convicts were buried basically in cardboard boxes, y'all. And today, thanks to Warden Kane, this, the deceased are buried in coffins made at the prison wood shops by an inmate master carpenter. That's his only job, y'all. 
that these handmade caskets are constructed of brown stained birch and pine, and it takes about a week to, to make just one. Um, other than it makes, makes the shrouds for the coffins. But I'm going to read you a quote of what Burl Kane said. He said, once a man dies, his sentence is complete, and there should be dignity in the passing. Warden Burl Kane. There you go. And you've heard us mention more Warden Burl came before. And I can't wait till we, you know, in the future, we're going to do an episode centered completely around Warden came because, you know, like every other human being in the world, he had faults in his life, but uh, be hard pressed to find a more respected warden right. than Warden Kane. And I'm talking nationally. Right. Uh, this guy is well known to people that aren't even in the prison circles. So that tells you, tells you who he was uh, absolutely and still alive today and runs the Mississippi correctional, uh, the entire correctional system for the state of Mississippi. Right. So I don't mean to talk as if he's not with us anymore, sure. but, and, and y'all I've known him for over 30 years. I worked for him, uh, at Dixon correctional Institute. He is a, a uh, very religious man, but he's a no-nonsense man. But he actually cares about the prisoners. As strange as that sounds, he cares about them, and he wants to give them dignity even in death. Yes. Uh, and he's very he was very instrumental in bringing all the changes to Angola, from health care to uh, prison inmate programs and give them hope and stuff like that. But he specifically cares about them in death and even the executions he he stands with them he eats their last meal where he used to when he was at angola he would eat the last meal with them whatever they chose and you know he was there with them when they took their last breath 100 percent. and i'll tell you a quick story about how uh burl kane transformed this not only the the caskets themselves but the entire process of conducting a funeral for these angola inmates when he was in his first year at angola they had a burial for one of the prisoners that he attended and at that burial they were lowering the prisoner into the ground and at this time they were essentially crates with uh with cardboard basically oh, like a cardboard box a big yes big long cardboard box that house the body so they're lowering this inmate down and the bottom fell out of the cardboard box and uh if that wasn't bad enough as they started piling dirt on top the the uh top end of the cardboard casket collapsed so in Burl Kane's eyes, this has got to change. It, it was a total loss of dignity. Right, dignity there. And, yeah, so at that point, he seeked out who was considered the best carpenter in Angola, mm -hmm. talked to him and said, look, we want you to kind of head this new program where we're going to build caskets for the prisoners. And uh, the guy was more than willing to do it, obviously, and off they went uh, with the with the casket building that has become world renowned, and right. we'll tell you a little bit later about some people you may have heard of that have actually been buried in caskets uh, built by prisoners in Angola. Right now, think about this, y'all. Everybody that gets sentenced to Angola, well, I can't say everybody, but a lot of them have certain crafts that they're masters of before they went in, and and this guy uh, 
was a master carpenter. But I mean, you you have electricians, you have lawyers, you have doctors, you have painters, whatever, right? But the Burles sought out the best carpenter. And I, I know they have a lot of them, but he sought out the best carpenter to make these caskets. Now, I know we're going to talk about more in, in detail, but think about how much a casket costs. It, it costs you like seven, eight thousand dollars for a, a general casket for a funeral now. But think about how much it would cost you to have a hand crafted, custom made, just beautiful piece of artwork, so you can go to eternal rest in it. Hundred percent. And he also instituted some other programs so in 1998 um burl you know the funeral process you know just taking a, a casket out there even though it was hand built and all that in, a, in the back of a pickup truck uh that still is not like a funeral procession so in 1998 he had inmates build a black horse-drawn hearse modeled after an 1800s vintage funeral coach for use during the barrel rites. And now, y'all, this this hearse is a beautiful piece of artwork in itself. And it's pulled by two large white Pershawn horses. The hearse is driven by an inmate dressed in black, tailcoat, and a black hi-hat, which were also made in Angola in the sewing shop. And six pallbearers follow the coach on the road to the cemetery and assist with the burial. Inmate ministers conduct a service, and the living traditionally send the departed away with a capella rendition, I'm free, praise the Lord, I'm free, no longer bound, no more chains holding me, my soul is resting, it's just a blessing, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I'm free. Yeah, it's a it, it's a sight to to be seen. Really, these horse drawn carriages, and so much respect is put into that. And you may ask yourself, you know, we're talking here about two cemeteries now that have been built since the one in nineteen twenty seven flooded, and why you know why is that such an issue? Well, to tell you a little bit about the the issues, not only with Angola but any. Any any prison in the country, uh, most likely that's a maximum security prison, is most people that are sent there. It's it's horrific crimes that they're going to spend a lot of their life, if not the majority, if not all of their life there. And uh, it's caused a problem. The rise in lengthy mandatory sentences right. that have, have really come along as of late has caused a big boom in lifers in prison. Right. As a matter of fact, there's about 2.1 million lifers in the United States right now compared to about 500,000 in 1980. But, yeah, let me tell you this, Jim. In, in 1991, when I was studying criminal justice at Southeastern, the incarceration rate for the whole United States was only like 700,000 people. Now there's millions and we do lead the world in locking people up and and that a large percent of that are people who are going to die in prison yeah so it's it has caused quite an issue when it comes to what do you do with these people when they die not everybody gets cremated you know some may choose to get cremated 
But a lot of inmates now, because the health care is so much better in the prison systems than it used to be, you know, they're living, uh, living a while, you know, 70, 80 years old, and then they die from natural causes. And uh, as a matter of fact, that has risen over 40%, the death right. from natural, natural causes yeah. in the last 10 years. So th- that's why they're having to add to these to these graveyards and and all of that. And I would imagine family isn't what it used to be with collecting. I, I don't know if the right term is collecting these prisoners after their death, but claiming the, the yeah, bodies. But it was being, again, they're down for so long, you know, people die. Their family members die or they just lose touch or, like you said, they don't want to have anything to do with them. Well, then the burden falls back on the state. Now, certainly, they could just bury them in the mass grave. There's no rules on that, no laws on it. They don't have to do anything. They could just cremate every one of them if they wanted to, but Burl Kane took it to the next level. Yeah, he really did, and uh, the coffins, just another thing on Burl Kane, now that we've mentioned him, is Burl Kane was all also a kind of a businessman in Angola. And what I mean by that is he watched the dollars and cents and all of that really was imp- an important part of how he ran a prison. And one thing he figured out early on was that these flim- flimsy uh, cardboard crates, essentially, that they were burying these uh, burying these prisoners in, it was costing anywhere from $650 to $900 a piece to bury That's these crazy. guys. Well, he figured out because he, and he went to that carpenter that we mentioned earlier and he said, look, what what about two hundred fifty dollars? You think you can make a and the right. guy? The guy said, yeah, I can make one. And he wasn't paying the prisoner two hundred fifty dollars. Right. Well, yeah, he was paying. He like was saying how much would it cost for the wood? And, right. Yeah. And, and the nails and things like that. Uh, and it, it came up to be an average cost of about two hundred fifty. So not only did he give him a more dignified beautiful uh coffin that was handmade and and around their specifications but he also saved about 400 bucks a, a burial in the process right. yeah, that's that's crazy um and, you know, and burl it was a big champion of making angola as self-reliant and i guess you call it self-producing as you can everything from the vegetables in the field to um making license plates to whatever, right? They try to make it where it pays for itself. That's right. And and another reason why prisoners, uh, convicts, loved Morgan Kane was, you know, when you do things like that, that's a respect thing with them. And and it's obvious that Kane respected them. Probably respect is something they never got in their entire lives. Yeah, right. So so very beloved – beloved warden of angola and and still active today in the in the system so um now another uh thing that we want to bring up with regard to the burials is kind of the you know the process of taking care of these guys before they die now there's hospice you know, if you're a free person, right. you have hospice when you get cancer at some point, right. you have to get or Alzheimer's or all these things, but you're not immune to that in prison. Right. That's right. And you they, know, and they have, I mean, you certainly the prisoners have get cancer or, or Alzheimer's, whatever, Alzheimer's, every type of disease that free people get. I mean, it's there. Well, yeah. And you may be surprised to know that 
Angola has probably the top hospice center in the country right. relative to the prison system. Right. And, and they use uh, the majority of it. that care is given by inmates, uh, uh, other inmates to That's the right. dying inmates. And so there's a respect thing there. And certainly they become attached to the people who are dying, even if they didn't know them uh, throughout their prison career. That's exactly right. And that was another uh, brain storm by Warden Kane, and that was to start a hospice care system. He already had a treatment center there, a medical center for your obvious injuries that you get every day in prison, whether you're getting shanked or (laughs) – yeah, or back in the old episodes when they say broken backs and shit. Yeah, so, you're getting the uh, the bat yeah. applied to right. you. Um, so they had a treatment center, and they realized that one thing they lacked was a hospice center, especially as uh, cancer became more prevalent and Alzheimer's really reared its ugly head, and and uh, you were having to deal with these these inmates in a totally different way. So, And basically, like we said, the, the – Average lifespan an inmate grew tremendously, tremendously. and and as long you live, certainly the more the higher percentage of chance that you're going to uh, contract some type of disease or illness. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know the he did what he does, and that's he went to his inmate trustees, and uh, he said he needed volunteers for a hospice unit to assist the medical staff there. And uh, tons of, of, you know, these trustees volunteered. This was something to them that was an honor to get involved with. And he actually, you know, they had seminars for weeks and weeks and weeks on how to deal with hospice patients. So you have these inmates that are in Angola, maybe serving life themselves for murder, and they were taking care of these cancer yeah. patients. And, and probably some of the best trained hospice uh, caregivers in the world. There's no doubt. And he, he didn't stop there. He even went as far as to have sessions that were devoted to managing like personal stress and working through the bereavement process with right. families. Because right. you got to remember, some of these inmates still had families right. that, you know, visited them every visit day. Right. And they were you know, going to miss this person when they, when they died and they're going through cancer or whatever it is. And so they actually even had uh, certification classes on how to deal with family members. So you'd have these convicts actually counseling the family. counselors. Yeah, exactly. And uh, stages of grief. hundred, a hundred percent. One of the, one of the most well-known hospice care uh, individuals was Wilbert Redu, who, Is the award-winning Angolite editor? Yeah, um, just what an amazing writer and and uh, very very well known in Angola and and all of that. So, you know, one thing that we definitely wanted to impress on today is is the care that uh, Angola takes with that population. It's it is their own little world there even down to their burials, even down to the hospice care treatment that they receive. You would never think you would think these guys get Alzheimer's and they're just in their cell, not knowing, you know, who they are anymore, but, uh, very similar to what you would get, you know, not quite the facilities and things that you would get on the outside, but, 
state of the art for a prison. Right. And and certainly the care level, uh, the respect given to them, and they could just lock them away and, and let them die, like you said, in a cell. But they, they didn't do that. Yeah. And, and an interesting stat for you to kind of chart down in your mental brain is nearly three times just last year nearly three times as many inmates died at angola as made parole really so three out of four right died in angola so you've got to you've got to you know bury those folks or or cremate them or whatever you know i don't know really who gets i would imagine the the convict gets the choice of whether he wants to be buried or cremated but um if anybody knows out there maybe comment yeah, yeah, let us know say. That would be interesting. Um, now, one recent trend is in the favor of building like geriatric prisons, mm-hmm. where actually it's a prison centered only for older prisoners. Right. Um, they've even had Woody some some recent success, and this is nationwide, not just in Angola, but with if you're a prisoner, you're 85, you get Alzheimer's, right. they slap an ankle bracelet on you and let you go home. Right. Um, you know, I don't know what everybody's feeling or all the listeners feeling would be on that, but if they're considered absolutely no risk anymore to yeah. society they, and they're even six the months away from death yeah, and confined to wheelchairs and, and, you know, the, the mentally they're gone stuff like that. Why it would be much cheaper for the state to bingo to let them go not let them go. Cause you know, certainly they'll be monitored to a certain extent, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper than housing them and paying for the medical care yourself. You just hit the nail on the head, and it, you're exactly right. It costs about $3,200 $3, a year for an ankle bracelet to be applied to a geriatric prisoner uh, versus, you know, over $10,000 a year it would cost to house one. Right. So if if uh, if it's someone who had uh, uh, psychological and uh, emotional damage, uh, you know, basically to where they had like Alzheimer's or and they're no harm to society. Uh, I mean, you can monitor I mean, them. They, a eighty-five year old guy that yeah, and and they're electronically monitored if they go outside their geofencing area, which I mean, you're eighty-five. I doubt that's going to happen, but if they do, then. Uh, probation parole gets alerted and they can go check in on them. Yeah. And, and another interesting stat for you that you may want to write down as well. And uh, this is from 2011, but in 2011, which is the last time this stat was released that I could find state and federal prisons were housing approximately a hundred thousand inmates over the age of 55. So, um, Hell, I'm almost that old. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still in the free world. Well, what you ever do? Trying every day. <laughs> That's right. So uh so that was some really interesting stuff. And so from there, you you know, Angola's got this state-of-the-art hospice system. They're they're they've got these caskets that are just absolutely beautiful that you may you know, at least consider a dignified burial if right. you're a convict. Um, there's some pretty well-known people that have been buried in these. One of those being Billy Cannon, right? Yeah, we talked about him. Uh, first one to ever win the Heisman for LSU, and then would spend his career at Angola. Yeah. Uh, um, 
helping inmates, helping inmates. And were, you know, he was a dentist by trade and, and eventually he, he led up the entire medical department at Angola, right. uh, because he was such a leader. And when he passed away, he requested, and it was one of his dying wishes that he be buried in a casket built by the Angola inmates. So, uh, not only were they totally honored to do that for him, meaning the convicts, but they also paid for it, right? That's right. Out of their they own money. Out of that, their own inmate fund. And y'all, that casket was seen by thousands of people at the memorial service. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Billy Cannon being buried at the what's known as the PMAC. Well, that wasn't where he's buried, right. but where his visitation was, was at the PMAC. And uh, the only person I'm familiar with that had a visitation at the PMAC. I mean, that's a, yeah, I, I've never heard of that. before. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, probably tens of thousands that, that came to pay their respects and every one of them saw the casket that was built by and paid. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Four by convicts. That's right. And and we'll tell you about another famous one, uh, famous individual that was also buried in, in an Angola uh casket that was built by convicts and that was the reverend billy graham that's crazy to think about uh, it's a, it's yeah. unbelievable and you know i'm going to tell you the story of how that came about but first uh i don't even want to say for those of you that ain't familiar with the reverend billy graham because right. i pre- can't imagine one person that's never heard of that i'm guy. pretty sure billy graham had a straight line to heaven <laughs> you I'm, I'm gonna tell you what he was he was uh an amazing amazing person that I, I didn't know personally, obviously, but um, just following his life. And this is a man that had, uh, could have as many millions as he wanted. Oh, yeah. He could have been Jimmy, Jimmy Swagger and built colleges. Oh and, yeah. And everything else. But it, it just lived in a was, small house. Right. He, you he's know, a humble pretty man and, and dedicated his life to God. That's right. So how and you know he's not from Louisiana, right? So you may wonder, well, how the heck did Billy Graham end up in a casket by Angola inmates? Well, his son 
actually uh, visited Angola. His name is Franklin Graham. And as he was touring Angola, he ended up in the casket room is what they call it, where they're building these caskets. And he was absolutely blown away. Could not believe what he saw. Thought it was the most beautiful, uh, uh, you know, caskets ever made. And on the spot, he asked the casket maker, I would like to order two of these one. And this is going to sound a little bit more, one for my mom and one for my dad. And they were still alive. So that, but he was so blown away from them. He's like, I want to go ahead. I'll pay for them right now. And when they pass away, they, we won't have to worry about caskets or picking anything out. I want something simple. My dad would love this. Right. And that's something that, yeah, as a son, um, I can respect that because you can go in the funeral parlor and buy some mass made type whatever casket, but he saw the care and the ornate woodwork and the love that was put in these casket making. He was like, I want that for my mom and dad. That tells you what kind of awesomeness these caskets are. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, you know, to set your eyes on them just would and blow you away. The simplicity I, and beauty. Of and I'm it. pretty sure Billy Graham could have got any free casket from anybody in the world. In the uh, world. Any he could have got a gold business, casket. Right? He could have had a solid free. gold casket. Yeah. yeah. But it, 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 he wanted, or his son wanted him to have caskets built in Angola. Yeah, so he went, he did, he went home and, and of course, told his mom and dad about this yeah. um and his dad thought it was the most beautiful gesture ever uh yeah, because cool. it fit him perfectly it fit his wife Ruth perfectly right. and it's it's these are simple stained beautiful caskets that have a cross uh basically formed into them on the top and uh so there's nothing that you would look at and it would be oh look at the shiny gold or look at the the, look you know it's just the brass simple beauty or yeah yeah no brass on the side it's just uh it's all made of wood and handcrafted and laved and sanded just to this almost ice skating rink probably I, i wonder how many hours going to build one well they say that they spend uh the casket maker spends eight hours a day uh and it takes about a week for each one so wow. you're talking about uh 40 40 hours yeah 40 plus hours solid working right right, right. yeah to make one of these uh beautiful caskets of course billy graham had a very full life uh in a very long life a blessed life and he lived actually to the age of 99. That is crazy. 99 years old. He died uh, and was laid to rest uh, after lying in state for two days on the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. So, wow. You talk about Billy Cannon's casket getting to be seen. President saw Billy Graham's and every, all the congressmen and senators and everybody else. Two days laying in state. Two days laying in state in an angle. Millions, millions of people, you know, oh, yeah, because it was, it was televised. televised. That's right. That's right. So you might have, yeah, if you saw Billy Graham laying in state, you saw an Angola casket. That's that's exactly right. And uh, another interesting thing about Franklin Graham when he w- went to Angola, uh, you know, he was really blown away 
by the history, much like you and me, Woody. He loved history and and apparently prison history, but especially as it relates to religion. And Angola, as we've talked about, you know, you probably don't have more churches on a prison than Angola. Uh, A lot of that, again, credit to Burl Kane, who who really is credited with bringing uh, religion to Angola. But when Franklin Graham visited he noticed everything from the beauty of the pews in these churches inside Angola and all the woodwork, which, which, you know, obviously goes into building a casket as well. And, uh, he even noticed the steeple for one of the churches was, you know, one of these high up steeples and it from death row, if you looked out of the, one of the windows in death row, it would be directly in front of the steeple and that was never necessarily intended yeah. it just kind of worked out that way and amazing yeah. yeah and and it, it was the perfect placement for that right. steeple because right. as you look at that window the way he described it is all you saw was a cross right That's pretty crazy. pretty pretty powerful yeah. stuff so he was very touched by angola and obviously that is evidenced in the fact that he purchased the caskets for his parents right from Angola, but what a what a story that is! So, we we always want to bring you something different at, on Bloody Angola, and uh, and, and that's something and we, that's different and unique about. Right. And 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 we'll bring you more on. Um, Jim and I are going to go to Angola in uh, everything we're talking about, and we'll be able to bring you more information on it we see with our own two eyes right yeah and we we're not going to tell you exactly when we're going but we're going to do an episode security (laughs) yeah we're not going to tell you and i give you that but when we get back from that trip we're going to give you an episode centered around our trip so we're going to tell you all about it and it's going to be an episode just just on everything we did right and and uh, who showed us around? Right. What we learned? What we saw? Right. And 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 I can assure you, we're, we're going to the casket shop. Casket shop, the, the, the absolutely right. the casket, but the place where they build the caskets and Point Lookout. Yes, cemetery. I want to stand there. I want to see everything. Yeah, me too. We'll see everything. So so look for that episode soon. And I want to give you another little quick story. I thought y'all might find this interesting, and it's, it's uh, you know, we've been talking about prison cemeteries today, obviously, with Angola, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to tell one from something away from Angola, but right. definitely very historical and definitely a prison cemetery. And I'm on, I want to tell you about one in Yuma, Arizona, and you might yeah, be familiar yeah, with yeah, Yuma. Yeah. Old West Times, right? right? Six shooters, pow, pow. <laughs> yeah, draw it. Uh, so, 610 Yuma, I think that. You yeah, see that? yeah, that's good, man. I've seen that. So, you may wonder back in those days, did they have prison cemeteries? And they absolutely did. Um, and I'm going to tell you about this one in Yuma. There were a total of about 111 prisoner deaths that occurred within that prison. This is during kind of the Wild West times, y'all. And a total of 104 of those persons were buried at the cemetery in Yuma. So the bodies of the other seven prisoners, those got claimed by the family. Right. So think about that, y'all. Out of a hundred and you know eleven yeah. prisoners, one hundred four of them nobody wanted back. Right. 
or they didn't even realize they were dead or right. where they were. I mean, this is Wild West times. Yeah, it wasn't like that social media. Say, yeah, they don't have email. Don't get your loved one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, it was literally Pony Express back then if you found anything out. So I'm going to tell you about a guy named Pete Devereaux. And Pete Devereaux was a convict that on his way to Yuma tried to escape by jumping off the train. So... He was going to Yuma prison. He couldn't deal with it. Jumped off the train, hit his head on a rock on the way down and died. That hurt. Yeah. So um, that was the 112th death that you won't hear about from Yuma. But only one female died in prison. Okay. And her name was Pearl Iker. There's not a whole lot of, of research on her, but people do wonder about, you know, didn't females commit crimes in those days and and yes they did but only one on record died in prison only jim chapman can find this out. <laughs> i'm telling you that was i was digging now burials were simple and quick so i did i was wondering about burials and a uh, shallow grave was dug where a wooden casket containing the body was lowered they would cover that with dirt and overlay it with rocks yeah. they didn't have Keep like the, the crosses yeah which incidentally at angola's uh cemetery they do have the cement crosses for every prisoner that marks where their grave is so you may wonder what some of these prisoners died from and this may may or may not surprise you but the majority of those prisoners died from tuberculosis really yeah wide herb yeah, yeah. He that, wasn't a yeah. prisoner, but yeah. he died. I, at right. least that's what Tombstone, yeah. my favorite yeah. movie. Send him to Colorado to Cemetery. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> Johnny Ringo. Yeah. Oh, I love well, that movie, y'all. Uh, but 46 prisoners died of tuberculosis, which is known as consumption. Uh, they they used to blame it on drinking alcohol. Really? Yeah, you know yeah. that when I worked for the Department of Corrections, I had to get uh, TB tested, and they what they do is they give you a sh- uh, that's like a shot or yeah. or in your arm, and, and you have to come back a, a couple of days later. And if you if you have a bump, guess what? You shit out of luck. You got the TB. Now TB is a very real thing in prison to this day. Cause yes, close kind. You think about COVID, but. TB is like the original COVID, I would guess. That's right. My wife has to get a TB shot every year because she works at a hospital, right. and um, and they, you know, they take a chance of coming in contact with right. people with tuberculosis, so uh, they have to get checked for that every year and get vac- I guess, vaccinated or whatever right. for it. Um, interesting thing is they figured out over time that tuberculosis was not caused by alcohol, and they figured out it was Good more thought. caused by people. <laughs> Living in close quarters, yeah. like you're speaking of, a prison. Right, right. Good thing it's not caused by alcohol. I've probably been there a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so they figured that out. And, of course, one of the ways that they figured that out. So if y'all were ever wondering how they discovered tuberculosis was people in close quarters, it was the majority of people that were getting it were locked up in prisons. Yeah. And they were like, wait a minute, there's there's some commonality here. So yeah. uh and in Yuma prison, forty six of them, that's what they died in. Mm-hmm. Um so most of the grave markers at Yuma prison, they remained intact until about nineteen fifty. Uh, since then, all of them were kind of taken by souvenir hunters. Think about yeah, it. You see right. a gravestone that says Yuma right, on it. Right. You know, these these souvenir hunters uh, would steal them, and then a lot of them just deteriorated over time. Yeah. I mean, 100 years, and that's, that's, that's some pretty time. old cement. 
back in those days. And they were typically made from either cement, like we just mentioned, or sometimes slabs of wood. wood yeah. It would just be wood that was burned yeah. and and uh, with, you know, here lies, here lies Johnny Joe. Johnny Joe. He's. He fell and stumped his toe. And he'd be here no more. And he'd be here no more. I'm telling you, that's how y'all, that's how they used to mark them things. Uh, and that's, those probably got taken. Johnny Joe's probably got taken. Oh, no doubt about it. So they would, and actually they would mark uh, at Yuma specifically, the prisoner's name, number, and the date of death. Right. So they wouldn't even have the birth on there. I'm pretty sure that they, there are no theft of, headstones from angle from point lookout yeah <laughs> being that's inside the wire yeah ain't nobody ain't nobody looking to take that risk. Ain't nobody they might end in up there. in there yeah that's right <laughs> yeah but they you know great robbery still a very big thing to this oh day. it's huge yeah, uh so you know look don't the, bury me within it i don't wear jewelry anyway but if i had it i don't i don't want to be buried but then thank god i don't have any gold teeth yeah that's good yeah. What kind of sick bastard does it take to dig up a grave? I'm going to tell you, and then to take a, you know, a gold tooth or, I mean, yeah. some of these people probably buried with, you know, nice watches, watches and, and wedding rings. rings and, like but I mean, you got to be, it's not like, you know, what's in there. You know, it's a potluck. You're going around in the middle of the night, digging up graves, hoping you can find a gold tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, bro get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get a job, man. What are you doing? Grave robber. Grave robber. And I'll tell you what, speaking of that, Woody, they just had uh, in Denham Springs, uh, they had a situation where they just destroyed about 10, uh, I guess it's headstones that sit up on the on the graveyard here and just tipped them over, broke them, a vandal. Right. And I'm like, man. What disrespect. Bruh. You've got to, you got problems. Yeah. I, I worked a case that just popped in my mind. And it was in Tangipoa Parish where the family members kept going out and putting flowers and little mementos on the graves and they always come up missing. And, you know, tracked it back to a lady, probably about my age in, in her mid fifties. And she would go out there and steal the items off the graves. And she, she was a hoarder. She had them all stashed in her house. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's, that's probably a mental illness there. Too, you just got uh, yeah. There's got to be, and so you may wonder: can you can you visit the Yuma Cemetery to this day, the Territorial Prison Cemetery? They called it. And you can. It's on South Levy Road in Yuma, Arizona. So if you're in the Yuma area, yeah, go check it out. <laughs> go check it out, and you can also visit uh, the Angola Cemetery right. uh, at certain times. You'll have to get in touch with Angola to find out right, when. Or when we get back, we'll tell you. How yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so we appreciate y'all listening. We wanted to bring you something this week. It's been a busy week for Woody Overton. Uh, he has on Friday, which would be tomorrow, tomorrow. is the Real Life Real Crime Crew Bash. Starts, right? Yeah. Some Friday night VIP event, Saturday night the main event, and yeah. the tickets are on sale at eventbrite.com for both you can do one or both nights. You can just go to the VIP Friday night event, which we're having a huge auction for Lopa, or you can uh, you buy the tickets for both nights through the VIP. There's 
or you can just buy the Saturday night event. So let's go through it real quick. On the Friday night, what do we have going on? Friday night, we are going. I'm going to go in and take pictures and sign autographs with everybody that's there. We got lifers from already in in from all over the United States. Uh, uh, a lot of them take this like a vacation week and come to South Louisiana and hang out, and it culminates with the um, crew bash. But so Friday night, it's more of an intimate setting, a couple hundred people. And I get to spend time with everybody, and we, we drink, and and then we have a, so many donations that people donate everything from diamond necklaces to, and earrings to uh, cooking pots to wreaths to whatever. It's, uh, Tons iPads of stuff, and eye watches and all this stuff. And I'm going to get on the stage later on in the night after we had a, quite a few. Oh, <laughs> including two hog hunts being auctioned off with me. Yours truly, yeah. where you get come stay at my place. Now, last year when I, I was on stage, I had a little bit to drink, and it, somebody said I should auction off a hog hunt, and and then <laughs> this the money started going up, and we got get, got up into thousands. And I said, hell, for that much, you can sleep with me. And I didn't mean with me; I meant in my house, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but so that's going to go on, and even Chase Tyler's going to be there, uh, uh, the two time Louisiana. Country Music Hall and Fame and Duck D. One of my favorites. Hanging out um, as, a, as a fan with yeah. his wife. And, but you, if, if you want to meet him, he'll be there. And it's just going to be a, a blowout, chill, chill time Friday night, an intimate gathering. Because Saturday night, um, <laughs> the crew bash, the, it, you know, it's going to be packed, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to take the stage and do an, a live Never before heard adult po- interactive adult podcasts, and if you've been to the crew ash before, you know what that means. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know what it means on Sunday morning when you hit. Uh, and but uh, more importantly, we're celebrating uh, justice for Courtney Coco. Amen. And and what and the conviction of David Anthony Burns after eighteen years for her murder, the cold case we solved on real life, real crime. And we're going to, we're celebrating all the awards we won this year, the, the podcast awards, and and, uh, and my fifty third birthday will be at midnight. And Chase Tyler's going to play, That's the, right. the, and Chase Tyler Band's going to rock after I get done with my show. But we also, when I get done with the show, and you'll be on the stage with me, brother, because <laughs> uh, you've done it again. We're we're doing our big raffle draw. For Lopa, Louisiana Procurement Agency, we've raised money, a lot of money for them the last couple of years. I'm hoping to do it, uh, that again this year. But we're going to have the drawings for all the big prizes. And, and uh, Local Leaders Podcast is, is one of the donors, one of the many. And it's just going to be fire. Look, it, it, it really is. And I've been to every one of the crew bash. Yeah. And I can tell you. Uh, number one, prepare your liver. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Drink yeah. plenty of water yeah. before yeah. and after, and and this, even in between. Now they got this hydration package. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> it liquid is liquid IV. Liquid IV. Liquid IV. That's right. Yeah, y'all should sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's a free plug for them. And uh, I'll tell you, it is a absolute blast. You're there with, uh, you know, nothing but true crime fans, yeah, and it's, which it's is like all our, like family. Yeah, everybody's chill. Uh, um, everybody's there to party and have a good time. 
And it is. It's a great time amongst, you know, uh, the hundreds and hundreds of your best friends, right? right? right. So uh, look forward to seeing any and all of you there. There's still tickets available. You can get them uh, through Eventbrite, and you can right. get those links on any of the – just trust me. Go to Real Life Real Crimes right. Facebook. You'll find the right. link. And it's, the Lopa raffle tickets right. the links yes. are there also. Uh, we love you Lopa. Not, you don't have to be present to win uh, the Saturday night, the big prize drawings. Friday night, you do have to be present to win or to bid on any auction items. Yeah, those would be live auctions, and uh, and it, the, look, they're always a hit. Yeah. And it, this is good stuff, y'all. Right. We ain't yeah. giving yeah. we ain't giving yeah. away yeah. jelly in the month. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> jelly in the month. That's the gift keep, keeps them giving all year, year long. But that's I, right. I, it, you know, thank you for everybody that's coming and everybody that's already here. It's crazy. But uh, what I want to do, Jim, is flip it back for a second. I want to thank our Patreon members for Black Absolutely. The, the, you don't know what it means to us. It, it, you know, this is a, ultimately, this is a business and we have expenses and uh, things cost and we could not do these shows without y'all and we hope you're enjoying your bonus episodes and your benefits yeah you've got everything from uh you know uh, commercial free early, early releases, releases right. which are a huge deal uh you, you know if you're listening to this episode it's it's definitely wednesday because right. we release it on thursdays right. to uh, our non-patron members. So if you're listening to it commercial free right now, it's on a Wednesday and, and, uh, you're getting that as a benefit for being a, a patron member and supporting us. Uh, there's benefits from there, including bonus episodes from time to time. And look, you get complete full transcripts, even right. with some of that's, those that's upper level tiers. And those are, those are not cheap. Mm-hmm. We actually use the best transcription company. They transcribe these by hand. Right. Do you know, we, we don't even have that for real life, real crime. I don't know of another true crime. Uh, although this this is a true crime documentary, I guess you would classify bloody Angola. But I don't I don't know of another true crime show that does it. Yeah, and and so I would I'll tell you it's uh, it's something where me and Woody got these good Southern accents, and the problem yeah. with that is yeah. nobody can nobody can transcribe us right. I can't I can't even transcribe my own shit <laughs> right <laughs> so the the people that actually do this it, they do it by hand it's not a machine so right. there's no errors in it right. you can literally print that thing out and you it's in pdf form right. as a patron member you get the pdf version of this you can print it out and it's just like reading a book yeah and uh and that, so i have had in the five years of real life or crime, numerous people reach out to me about that. I just, I never pursued it. And, and you had numerous people reach out to yeah. us about it and you pursued it. So props off to you know, hats off to you for that. Tons of people uh, um, just said they like reading, yeah. reading better but than listening. There's, all, there's also people who are deaf yes. and, and, and can't hear it. And, that's right. And, and uh, so that's, that's a big deal. Huge benefit for them, and uh, all those all those benefits are yours on our Bloody Angola Patreon page. So so important uh, to what we do here. We we couldn't freaking do it so without tell, tell them how to these sign members. Up Patreon or go look it up. Yeah, so you can. There's several ways you can do that. You can go to the Bloody Angola Facebook page, and there's a link tree on the home page. There, you'll see it. It'll say L N K T R E E. You click that, and it'll pull up the uh various links to get our media the very first link you see will say 
patron page or say chase team you click on that that'll bring you to the patron page or you can just go to www.patreon.com slash bloody angola podcast and that will bring you right to the patron and, and, and it has all the different tier levels it does what the benefits are what what the subscription fee is a month and we even have a yearly subscription fee now yes where you save, save money two two months off with that annual subscription and uh and so you know you you save two months off of what we would consider already very fair yeah, yeah. uh pricing for what you're getting out of that patron and look it's 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 uh it's really all love that y'all support what we do here, and we're just trying to continue to build it. Right. Please share uh, Bloody Angola with right. your family, friends, and even people maybe you don't like. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you hadn't if you hadn't rated us yet, yeah, yeah, that's a big huge. Uh, if if you like what we're hearing, uh, please go and leave a rating on wherever you're listening to this. If it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, whatever, it helps other people to find the show. And uh, it helps build our following. Yeah, and and that the larger we grow, the more we get to do. That's right. right? And, That's right. And so we hope you enjoyed it. Yes, and we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Hey, if you can't be a patron member, we get that totally, we totally get it. And we love you too. Right. That's right. So. That's right. We love anyone that, that listens to us uh, talk about the history of the bloodiest prison in America. Absolutely. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. Your host of Bloody Angola. A podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Wrangle Three. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.